Positively Joy. Are you living life but feel like something's missing? You've come to the right place. I'm Yvette Walker, your host for this podcast on finding the true meaning of God's joy. Joy is not a feeling, it's faith. And my guests and I will talk about how to avoid falling down the rabbit hole of chasing physical or emotional joy. In this season, we'll tackle spiritual growth as we discover the true joy of the Lord. Whispering in His Ear, the devotional, explores talking and listening to God's message for us. Now, read God's voice and how to listen, a new companion study guide to the original devotional that provides discussion questions and more insight to the scripture that reveals how God talks to us. Get the series on Amazon. My last name is Walker. But could I do what Kathleen Donnelly Israel did? I don't think so. Kathleen is a wisdom walker. At 69, this super senior walked the Camino Santiago and lived to tell the tale. Listen to Kathleen share the spiritual wisdom she found on this nearly 500-mile pilgrimage. Here's Kathleen. Hi, Kathleen. Thank you so much for being with us today. I'm so glad to be here. I love what you're doing, well, what you did and the book that resulted from it, uh, because I think it will really resonate with our listeners today, uh, which has to do with a journey, a path. And, you know, we have a journey in our life, and sometimes it doesn't really look like the kind of journey that you took. Uh, but I think that there's something that people can get out of that. And so I just wanted to to welcome you here and talk a little bit about your book, which, of course, is based on your journey uh, on the Camino. And your book is called Wisdom mm-hmm. on the Camino. And we're going to mm-hmm. get to that in just one second, the Camino Santiago, to be more specific. Uh, it is a nearly 500-mile path, I believe. Is it from France to Spain? Is that correct? Yeah, I went on the French way across, uh, from France across to Spain, you know, into Spain. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that is amazing. We're going to get to that book and we're going to get to why you did that journey in just a minute. Um, But first, I want to learn a little bit more about you and have my listeners know a little bit more about you. So tell me about yourself and what your faith walk, uh, funny walk, right? What your faith (laughs) walk looked like in life. (laughs) Oh, well, I... You know, I grew up as a Catholic Christian and, um, you know, my, uh, my family was a troubled family, but they did value the education. So I went to the private schools for, you know, my education. Um, but I, um, in my childhood, my, my fam my family wasn't really a safe place for me, but the Mm. church was. And so it just, uh, whereas a lot of people fell away from their faith, my church was my safe place, you know, in my life, which is like a gift to me, you know. Um, so I never actually went away from my faith, uh, where, you know, like other people may have done. Um, 
and then you know I got married in in the church and I I um I just lived a, a Catholic life all my life um uh, raising we raised five children my husband and I and um before we got married I mean I was 20 years old when I got married and before we got married I remember sitting in my room the night before we got married and I just said Kathleen tomorrow your life is not going to be your life anymore. Your life is going to be your life with Ron now. And so I just, um, you know, that's what I did with my life. <laughs> and then. Uh, now, was so, that kind of scary? I mean, you you know, you had this conversation with yourself the night before. Were you worried right. or scared about this new life? No, it was just kind of like stating facts to myself. My my family wasn't really a really safe place, so it was really good for me to be getting married, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh, even though that didn't really pan out as well as I hoped it would, um, um, you know, I was kind of used to a hard life. And so I, it, you know, just um, that's the way it was. And my husband and I went on a marriage encounter uh, when we were married like seven years. Mm -hmm. And in our life, um, he was really nice to me before we got married. But after we got married, he, he kind of ignored me and it made me really sad. And And I didn't really feel like I loved him anymore because I just felt sad. And um, And I was thinking things like, well, gee, maybe I shouldn't have married him. If he married somebody else, maybe they would love him, you know? And so I was just like, oh, man. And uh, when we went on the marriage encounter, they told us um, love is a decision. Mm. So I was like, oh, you don't have to feel like you love somebody. You can decide to love them. And I'm like, well, I can just I that's exactly what I did. I decided to love Ron. And so that just made me so happy. And it just colored the rest of my life with a brighter color, you know, yeah. Do you, do you feel like he made the same decision at that point? Do you feel like you received the yeah, love back? He, um, he loved me as best he could. Mm -hmm. uh, I think he had, he, we both, you know, I think people marry each other kind of with similar problems, you know, or not the same. I mean, his, I, he had, he had a kind of a rough childhood in a different way in his family. And so, the, the deal about marriage is we're going to be pushing each other's buttons. Mm. And, and, and what I learned is I need to own my buttons because if he pushes my buttons, I got a pain inside of me that needs to be healed. I wasn't thinking about it then, back then you're just kind of in it and hurting, you know? Uh, but um, I kind of figured it out later that oh. uh, we just sort of were pushing each other's buttons. And, you know, maybe, I don't know, maybe I said something to him that made him want to stay away from me or so. I don't know, you know, mm. like maybe he had a button I pushed that right. made him, you know, say, ah, let's get a stay away from that lady, you know? <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and so, um, so anyway, I do not know. And that's all right. Um, but, um, Anyway, so my faith journey, I mean, the Catholic, you know, marriage encounter thing was was a pretty big deal in our life. We were a team couple. I mean, they saw how beautifully happy we were after we found that out, you know. Yeah. And so they said, oh, you want to be a team couple? And so we started writing talks and doing the weekends and stuff um, at that time. Uh, 
So it was just, yeah, that was part of our faith walk, um, being uh, like, um, I remember the marriage encounter people, we always said, um, we love you, like all the time. Like I would be talking to my aunt and uh, in, she would say, okay, bye-bye now. And I'm like, okay, we love you. You know what I mean? And yeah. one one time I didn't say it and she missed it. She wanted me to say that to her, you know, and then she started saying it to me. And I was like, whoa, this is powerful stuff. Mm-hmm. Let me point yeah. out to, to our listening friends. And, and as you've mentioned, your Catholic marriage encounter typically is a, is a Catholic uh, kind of a weekend retreat um, that actually happens for, for many couples before they get married. I think it's interesting that you actually went on your marriage encounter um, l- later in your, in your marriage, because I actually went on mine because I was raised Catholic as well before oh. we, before we got married. And I think it's interesting. It's that- called engaged encounter before you're married. It's called engaged encounter. And then okay. after you're married, it's called marriage encounter. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. For some reason, my church actually called it marriage encounter. Wow. <laughs> I, I don't know why, but yeah. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. but it's, it's, it's great that you're talking about this for a couple of reasons. I think, um, I think it is good for couples to know that there are uh, resources and sessions that they can go to um, even after they've been married for a while. And I think it's also good for people to know that, as you said, love is a choice. I talk a lot about joy being a choice on my podcast. Mm. Um, The Mm. things, yeah, our things in life definitely are choices. And sometimes we are in relationships that are not what we thought would be. Um, now I'm not talking about abuse. I mean, if you're physically, if you're in physical danger, you need to do something, you need to get out and do something about that. But I'm just saying that sometimes we might feel dissatisfied or not what we thought it would be, but we can make a choice to look at it differently as you did. Um, you know, and I've, and I've been candid before listeners know that, that actually I have a husband now he's my second husband. I I was divorced and it is and and that failed marriage I for me I feel like you know I it was a failure on my part because I perhaps did not make that choice. So I think it's important to talk about these things. I think there are a lot of people out there who are with their husbands and partners and are not going to leave necessarily but they feel like you know, is this like it? I did like a fake? Yeah, 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 exactly. So I, I really do think it's important, but clearly you loved him and thought highly of him because of what happened later and the idea of going on the walk. And so I know we've already talked about that. You made this incredible journey down the Camino Santiago, nearly 500 miles. Um, at 70 years old, is that correct? Yeah, I was 69 when I started. I had my 70th birthday on the Camino. Uh-huh. uh-huh. But you did this, and um, you know, tell me if I'm wrong. You did this during the time that you thought you would be with Ron in your right. retirement years, but he passed. Right. So tell me a little yeah. bit about that. Well, I, I just thought, you know, I Ron was an athlete. And uh, I mean... A, a triathlete. And uh, so I thought, well, when we get old, we'll be riding our bicycles across France. We'll we'll have a good old time, you know. 
And then when he got sick, I was like, wow, this is not going to work. We, we're not going to be able to do that. I mean, I, I was making up things in my head. Well, maybe we could still ride our bikes across France and then they could pick him up in a in a truck or something if he got too tired. You know, I was just trying to fix it in my head, but he he became totally disabled. I mean, paralyzed. Mm. And and I was just like, ah, we're not going to be doing that. And was this Parkinson's? Yeah, Parkinson's disease. Mm-hmm. He he was uh, he was diagnosed when he was like fifty one years old. Wow. I mean, yeah, and he had it for seventeen years, and uh, the last eleven um, from two thousand eleven to two thousand eighteen, he was totally disabled. He was you know couldn't talk, couldn't walk. You know, I mm-hmm. I was basically you know waiting on him hand and foot, and he was a happy man. He like sat there and he was watching cowboy movies and NCIS and he was having a great old time. And I was just, you know, feeding him, changing him, you know, all that stuff. Um, So, um, yeah, he he wasn't um, I mean, it is nice to live with a happy person, even if they're disabled, really. And so um, that was nice that he that he had that. Yeah. Um, But. Anyway, while he was ill, I mean, in the last seven years that he was ill, I had to be home all the time. I mean, I got to go to the grocery store. I went to some things, but um, basically I needed to be home there with him. And so yeah. I I studied online with a bunch of enlightened thought leaders about um, how to heal my pain and suffering from my childhood. And after like seven years of studying with all those um, people, I thought maybe I had some philosophies of my own that I could share with people. Mm. And um, so um, anyway, I, I went on the Camino. I actually, while I was taking care of Ron, my girlfriend, Judy went on the Camino and um, I noticed that she was doing something very special for herself. And I thought, you know what, when Ron's done with his disease, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go on the Camino. Mm. And um, and so when I got back from the Camino, I was I wanted to write my book about my teachings and I was reluctant to be teachy. And I remembered that I had told people all those things while I was on the Camino. So I wrote my book about walking the Camino and telling people about those things. Um, you know, people go on the Camino because they need to get away a lot of times. Um, and so um, there were people with troubles and they would we would tell each other why we were there. That was one of the conversations that's kind of normal for the Camino. Why did you come? And then I would share um, my different um, healing ways that I healed myself with them. And so then I just wrote my book about that. Mm. So I know that, so I, I have so many questions <laughs> um, and, I, and I'm glad that you mentioned one of them. Why did you go? Right. Because, mm-hmm. because you mentioned your husband being an athlete, but you know, you clearly are as well being able well, to, I, I, I used to think I was a wannabe athlete. <laughs> I, I don't know that I could do that. How many miles did you average a day? Well, you know, in the beginning, I was walking with my friend, Severa, uh, twice. I mean, I mean, we walked five miles three times a week, sometimes two times a week. 
And I didn't even break a sweat. And so I thought, well, I can walk five miles before lunch and five miles after lunch, and that'll be good. I can do this. And so in the beginning, that's what I did. I walked um, 10 miles a day, which is like 13K. And then uh, after a while, I, I got to the 13K before lunch. And I was like, oh, I guess I need to walk further because, you know, if you're going to walk all that much, you're going to get buff while you're doing it. And so then I then I walked um, maybe 18K a day or something like that. So um, so that's what that's what I did. Wow. And that how long how long was this entire journey? Well, I was there for 66 days, but I had other things I was doing like um I, uh, after the first week and like I, on Sunday I got in and I was so tired. I laid down on my bed and then I got up and I'm like, I had Sunday, you know, where's mass. And then, (laughs) and then I missed mass and I'm like, Oh, here I am on this holy pilgrimage. And I'm even not even going to mass on Sunday. And so then I decided to take every, every Saturday night, I would find a hotel because the Albergays, where you usually stay that are really cheap, um, you can only stay one night. So I found a hotel where I stayed um, two nights. So I I I was there on Sunday and I wasn't tired and I went to mass and then I like was a tourist during the day or something. And then I left on Monday morning. Wow. And so you're you're traveling every day. You're staying at a hotel or a hostel type of thing. Yeah, the albergues are are like like all along, like on the Camino. Um, there they have in most towns they have an albergue, and it's just a big building with a bunch of bunk beds and maybe a kitchen, bathrooms, and you can uh, maybe a place to wash your clothes. And uh, it's just a, it's an industry of Northern Spain, even though it's very cheap, uh, they, they provide it for the pilgrims. Mm. And um, did you feel safe throughout your entire journey? Well, I, I did. I, I have four angels that I know personally that I took with me. And uh, so I was safe, basically. Um, I had read a lot and um Whereas maybe like once in like 20 years, they had somebody that, you know, went foul of the, you know, somebody killed them or something, you know, um, that I did. I wasn't worried about that because I had my angels, number one, and it really didn't happen very often. Um, they have um, back in the day, like the 1200s, they had the Knights Templar that protected the pilgrims. It was really dangerous back then. They had all kinds of, you know, robbers and stuff like that. Uh, so um, the Knights Templar are still there. They, there's guys there, you know, or even women, I don't know, um, who are protecting the pilgrims or watching out for them anyway. I mean, I I felt that. I, I went in, there's a, the Knights Templar have a cross and it's made out of daggers. And I went into this bar one time and there was... <laughs> Well, we think of a bar as a bar where you get liquor. Their bars are you get coffee, you can get some lunch, you know, you can get some liquor too. Um, Anyway, so I was in a bar and I saw the cross on the bar and I'm like, ooh, 
ooh, I think they're here. The Knights Templar. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I wonder, did, you know, you you talked about, you know, walking through France with your husband. Did Did that part of Europe mean something special for both of you? Well, the reason why I thought we would be riding our bikes in France is because he loved the Peloton. And I, you know, I knew we weren't going to go during the Peloton, but I thought he would love that, you know, and I, he was a person who didn't really ever want to do what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And so I decided to find out what he wants to do and see if I wanted to do it too. And then I could be happy. So that's what, you know, I was thinking about what he would like to do and it might be fun. So. Well, so, and I have to be honest with you, I I really didn't expect to, to have a conversation like this because I think just in general, you're thinking, oh, and this wonderful couple, we're going to have this wonderful (laughs) life together and all of that, you know, but this is real. This is real talk, which I, which I appreciate. So here you are thinking that you were going to do, you know, something like this. Something fun. Something yeah. big, big, but well, fun because you thought he would like it. But yeah. then he passes and you do this for you. So right. tell me, tell me about making that. What was that decision like? And what kind of spiritual transformation did you think you were going to get out of this, if anything? Right. So um, huh. I, I just... I wanted to go because it was special. And Ron and I always walked. We were both walkers. I mean, when I was a kid, I walked three miles to school in the morning and I didn't hate it. You know, I love walking. And um, so, um, yeah, walking is really lovely for me. Um, I, you know, it's kind of, I did not, I just thought I was doing something that I would like to do. And it's, I like doing holy things. I, I really do. I like doing holy things and it's a holy pilgrimage. And I mean, my friend asked me if I'd like to go to, um, uh, you know, someplace in the middle of somewhere that's a wonderful place. And I just said, no. And she said, why? And I'm like, it's not holy. <laughs> you know, she, she, I'm like, I, I love going to holy things. Um, anyway. Um, so, uh, yeah. So I was doing something great for myself. The first night when I was in Saint-Jean-Pied-de-Port and I was going to start the Camino the next day, the person, they call him Hospitelleria. Anyway, he told us that whatever we thought we were going to get out of the Camino, we were going to get something else. So don't even worry about what you think you're going to get out of the Camino. Mm. Um, I mean, I can think of some things, gee, my house was full of all of Ron's stuff and my stuff. And every time I tried to get rid of something, I felt bad, but if I kept it, I felt bad, you know, and Mm -hmm. it was really good to get away. Um, but I wasn't even thinking that I just, I, um, I just wanted to do something powerful. I think, in my family, all the widows in my family actually took a trip after their husband died. Mm. And so I think this was my trip. But um, last year, uh, well, in 2021, I, I went on the Camino again in Portugal. So um, anyway, I got bit by the Camino bug. 
and now I have to keep going back. <laughs> so I think the first time was that in was that 2018 or 17? Okay. Yeah, he okay. died in 18. I went in 19. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. At 70. And so may I ask how old you are now? I'm 73, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be 74 this year. And um I'm gonna do the Camino del Norte the next year. I can't do it this year. I'm busy. I'm, I'm writing the book about. Portugal right now. And uh, so in um, the next year, after this year, 2000, you know, the 2024 year, um, I'm going to do the Camino del Norte. And I'll be 75. Yeah, you do have the bug, don't you? (laughs) I do. I do have the bug. (laughs) And this, this is the same part of the pilgrimage walk, right? Or these are these, these are similar. Are they connected? Yeah, they they all end up in Santiago. Mm-hmm. So the the one from I started in Lisbon and uh walked to Santiago and then I went on to Finisterra and so it was almost 500 miles um going to Finisterra afterwards. Mm. But it is shorter, but a lot of people just walk from Porto, but I w- I wanted to walk from Lisbon. And uh, so I did. And the one on the northern coast of Spain, the Camino del Norte, it goes along the northern coast of Spain and then it goes inland and joins the Camino Frances. So you end up walking the last part again. I guess I will walk that last part again on the same road. So you do intend to try to actually go to all of the the different no there's so many i mean there wow there's one in france it's called les puy and uh it's really rough and you do actually have to take your tent with you um i didn't take a tent with me i just took my sleeping bag you know and you get to stay in these albergues but on les puy there's not albergues along the way Mm. so uh it's a little bit more rustic i would say but they say it's beautiful so i believe them I, I can't help but not talk a little bit about um, the fact that you have always been a walker, that you are healthy in mind and spirit now, um, and body, mind, and spirit. And is is there is there some wisdom, because you do share wisdom, is there some wisdom perhaps for people um, that involves walking, that, you know, just through our lives we should walk more? Well, I, I this is just something that I'm, you know, thinking myself. Um, people act out because of their pain, but the action of walking is an action. And so if we walk our pain, maybe we don't have to act out, you know, and be mean to people or something. I don't know. I think that that's what I think. Wow. Worth a try. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Especially for me, look what my last name is, right? (laughs) I should do more walking actually. When you finally arrived at your stopping point, at the ultimate stopping point, mm. how did that feel? Oh, it was, you know, like when you get, I mean, okay, so you're walking for months, right? Right. And then you get to the point where you're only going to be, I mean, as you go along, there's mile markers, I mean, kilometer markers, right? And you see, oh, you know, start out like, it's like um, 800K to Santiago. And then you get down to 100K to Santiago and you're like, ooh, I'm a short timer now, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, 
And then like, as they tick down and it's like, I, you get to this place that's called uh, lava cola, which actually means wash your private parts. (laughs) 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 But uh, I guess um, the, uh, the priests in Santiago were complaining about the pilgrims were so stinky by the time they get to Santiago that they made lava cola. You're supposed to wash yourself before you go into Santiago. So that was my last night. And then I walked into Santiago after that. Mm. And uh, yeah, it was very sad, you know, that I knew I was done. I um, And when I got there, when you're in front of the cathedral, oh my gosh, it's like people are sitting there on the ground, sort of like basking in the glory of the cathedral. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Um, like they're sunning themselves or something. I don't know. Um, but I walked in and just if you stay there long enough, other people are going to walk in off the trail and they just finished, you know. And um, so it's very exciting. There's Some people are are there to greet people like um, my uh, I walked a little while with uh, Rosa And her family met her in Santiago. So they were standing in front of the cathedral waiting for her to get there. And they did this big hoopla. But when I got there, there wasn't any hoopla, you know, and I walked over to this lady and I said, if I take your picture, will you take my picture? And so she said, well, I don't need a picture, but I'll take yours. And so is that the the one where you have your hands up to the sky? Oh, she did a good job, didn't she? Yeah, it's a very joyous picture for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I I was really glad when I got in from uh, Portugal, um, she she like cut. I mean, it wasn't such a good picture. She cut my feet off and the top of the church off. And (laughs) oh, my God. Oh, okay. Well, thank you. (laughs) Yeah. No, she no. She did a very good job. And yeah, maybe 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 she was somehow basking in that, you know, direction from, from, from the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. We talked about this earlier and I had asked you if you had a favorite scripture and you yeah. said and you said yes. And now that we've talked, I think it's really interesting. Can you share that with me? Oh, yeah. The the wedding feast at Cana, uh, John uh, 2, 1 to 11. Um, I love that scripture and the um, for so many reasons. And I've heard it explained so many ways. Um, but I, I think about Mary and she raised Jesus. And I think about, you know, she knew he could do miracles. How does she know that? Things must have happened during the day, during the time he was, they were together, you know. And she knew that he could change that water into wine. She knew that. Mm-hmm. And um, and there he was with all his buddies at this wedding. And they're drinking wine and his mother's going, hey, you guys drank all the wine. What are you <laughs> going to do about it? And Jesus is like, well, it's not my time. And and then she's like, you know, OK, do whatever he says. Like. And you know what that says to me? What? I mean, it says to me that we can go to Mary and ask her to ask favors from her son. Mm, intercessory prayer. Yeah. Yeah, because she did. That's what she did. Mm-hmm. You know, he was like, you know, this is not my business here. <laughs> and she's like, 
Yes, it is. You know, <laughs> I'm your and, mother. <laughs> yeah, I'm your mother. And um, so, I mean, for me, I'm thinking I my grandmother, my grandmother used to say, go straight to headquarters, pray to God, the father, you know, but she said her rosary, too. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that's I, I love that. Um, it says to me that um, Mary, Mary does um, intercede for us. Yeah. Wow. It has been so delightful talking to you today, Kathleen. Thank you so much. Um, I will have in the show notes the link to how to get wisdom on the Camino. I can't wait for the next book to come out. Uh, it's really great to hear yeah, that you're, you're writing it now. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Now um, that's wonderful. And uh, I just want to say that um, there's a gift to my readers inside across across from the table of contents. It says, read this first. And it talks about uh, my friends. I uh, my friends told me that I should share, put my pictures in my book. And I thought, well, then it's going to be $50. Nobody's going to buy it. Right. And so I made a website with my pictures and I put them in portfolios and galleries. So you can go in there. You have to double opt in. Sorry about that. Mm -hmm. But um, then you go in and you can like, while you're reading chapter one, you can look at the uh, pictures from chapter one and then go to chapter two. So yeah, you, that uh, is a gift. you have to use the link in the book. Okay. No, that's, that is a gift because it's, I'm sure it's wonderful to see what you saw to read mm -hmm. your words and then look at what you were seeing along the way. So it's um, a lovely story. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Kathleen, again, thank you so much. I definitely will put the link to the book. Thanks so much for sharing about your, you know, about your early life. We didn't go deep into that, but I, I, I'm happy that the church provided solace for you um, because there are many people who, who have been hurt by the church. And yeah, exactly. Don't, don't have exactly. that. And so it's it's I'm happy that that was there for you during the time when you needed it. And then right. also thank you for being candid about your life with your husband and what later turned into this incredible experience, this journey for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thank you, Yvette. <laughs> well, you take care. Let us know when that third leg, when you're going to take that third journey. And I'm assuming there's going to be a book about that as well, right? Right, right. Well, can't wait to see it. <laughs> Thanks, dear. You know you're going to have a good day. Thank you for listening to Positively Joy. Go to PositivelyJoy.com to hear previous episodes and to learn more about our ministry and books. Support Positively Joy by becoming a Patreon member and sign up for our newsletter. Thanks to Mars Coleman for the use of his song, The Joy of Knowing. And thanks to Susan Marie for editing and production of the podcast. Till next week. Oh, the joy of knowing, the joy of knowing you, oh, the joy of